Hi there. I'm Michael Marvash, and this is The Dead Man's Forest, a mostly weekly conversation about how we can choose to share the lessons that we've learned over the course of our lives, or we can choose to keep them to ourselves. I'm feeling a little bit frazzled today. I have a lot of responsibilities and it's really cutting into the time that I have to release this week's episode and I already didn't release an episode last week because I was having conversations with people rather than editing audio. I'm just one person who does this podcast as a hobby and it can be challenging sometimes to juggle the responsibilities that I have to uphold with the with this podcast, which I care very deeply about and which is a priority in my life, but which, if I don't release an episode, after all, I always have another chance to do one next week. In other words, it has no deadlines. Anyway, that's enough self-reflection for the beginning of this episode. Today I would like to share with you another conversation that I had with a friend of mine named Stephen Worley. I met Stephen at the same conference that I met John Polstra at, who I talked to a couple episodes ago. Stephen was a really interesting fellow who has a coaching business and a podcast he calls Life Skills That Matter, where he helps people start their own businesses. My initial impression of Stephen was that he was very kind and giving. And because of that, I was really interested to hear what, what his thoughts on the experiences in his life up to this point had been that caused him to give off that sense of generosity. So, of course, I started by telling him the story of Dead Man's Forest. Let's take a listen. Okay, so, Stephen, my podcast is called Dead Man's Forest. And the name Dead Man's Forest comes from a a vision that I saw when I was on a vision fast in Death Valley. The vision was this. A man is sitting in a chair in just this blasted wasteland where nothing is living. And you look closer and you realize that he too is dead. He's a skeleton sitting in this chair. And yet, for some reason, there's this forest of beautiful, vibrant, living trees growing out of his head and his heart, where his head and his heart should be. Instead, there is this tiny, living, immaculate forest in this entire wasteland of nothing living. I realized that this vision was a warning to me that in my head and my heart is all of this wisdom and knowledge represented by this forest. And if I don't share it, then someday I will die 
and this wisdom and knowledge will be locked inside of me and I'll be sitting in this wasteland where none of the seeds of what I know ever had a chance to take root. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And the next thing I realized about this vision is that that's that warning for me is also true for everybody. Everybody has these lessons they've learned over the course of their life that we are hesitant to share either out of fear or selfishness or, or whatever, but we're all in the same boat. We're all going to die someday. And if we don't share them, we risk dying, you know, with all of that beauty locked inside of us instead of in the, in the landscape. And so the question that I ask everybody I have on the dead man's forest is applying this vision to yourself. What would you say are some of the, you know, maybe one of the, or a few of the important lessons, tidbits of wisdom and knowledge that you have gained that you would like to share with people. And it can be about, you know, your life skills that matter business, or it can be about personal stuff. Uh, I just want to hear a little bit about who you are and what you think is important. I would say the thing that has been driving me for so many years is this idea of alignment and what orients my alignment. And for most of my adult life, I was chronically anxious. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know why. You know, mm -hmm. went to a doctor, wanted to give you pills, didn't feel like having a pill. So he said, go see a shrink. He actually said that to me. Mm -hmm. I was very offended. <laughs> <laughs> Not to, not to seek out therapy, but in the way that he said it, you know, that we're just right. supposed to pop a pill. And that's what drove a lot of my experience, experience and experiments in life and why I chose to stay on the path of working for myself because I realized that a lot of my anxiety, and I think a lot of anxiety for a lot of people, is caused by this unawareness that we are trying to force ourselves into alignment into these large energy forces represented by organizations or social networks that we feel that we're connected to these other people but we're giving up so much of ourself in order to feel that connection that i've come to realize i've been unplugged from the system so long that i have realigned myself with mm -hmm. myself with my natural rhythms as an example of that i rarely wake up to an alarm i actually sleep about nine to ten hours of to a night between mid-november and mid-january when it's very dark mm -hmm. and i'll sleep an average of seven eight hours in the summertime mm -hmm. so i'm very my life cycles are very in alignment with the natural rhythms in the way that they probably were for people before electricity <laughs> Yeah, And all these advances in some ways make our lives better, but in some ways it's taking something away too. So the more I get, I'm just now very sensitive. Anytime I do feel anxious or something's not quite right, it allows me, it's kind of a warning system to say, Ooh, this is not in alignment with my values. 
This is not in alignment with my needs. This is not in alignment with my abilities. And it's okay. And to also have faith that there are people, we're humans, we evolve to live together, grow together, work together, that there are many natural ways for us to find each other again. We don't have to force ourselves into alignment into all of these very powerful man-made structures that don't necessarily serve the individual. Yeah. And I feel like that is the one thing that is the root of anything and everything I say comes from that. What are some of the strategies that you have for learning what things are in or out of alignment for you? Like anything that you're trying to learn, you need some tools, right? The most important tool in my book, the most important life skill, it's self-awareness. It's the original operating system. You already have the best, most intuitive tracking system, monitoring system in yourself, in your gut, in your brain, in the bottoms of your feet. If you could only have faith in them, then you can restore connection to them. Trust it. And feel it. And it takes a long time to like, sometimes it's like people, you know, I just, I could have a sense about, I'm very sensitive to other people's energies. Um, Why I like you so much. You're such a deep (laughs) thinker, you know, and there's another presence that I've given myself over to that I would have 10 years ago to be like, Oh my God, that person sounds like a nut job. But now I'm like, I feel it. And so I think self-awareness and the way to start even knowing self-awareness is the, the concept of, in my book, my definition, at least my perspective is that it's your ability to observe your behaviors, your reactions from a third party perspective, almost as as if you're having an out-of-body experience and just to observe that something happened, there was a result and there was a trigger. And it's not about judging it. It's not about saying that it was right or wrong. It's just saying something happened and something triggered that. And then you're asking yourself, is that the result I want? Is that result in alignment with where I see my life going or how I want to live my life or how I want other people to think of me? And so this is not about good or bad or productive or unproductive. It's just about having a peaceful, non-judgmental, anxiety-free conversation with yourself to say, hey. If you keep doing this, is that getting mm-hmm. you to where you want to go? Yes or no? It's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, at once upon a time in my life, I drank too much. And once in a while, that still happens. But I have such a large awareness of what it does to me, even beyond taking it to extremes. Just having a glass of wine a couple of hours before bed will ruin the rest of my day the next day. It just... Mm takes my energy down a notch that I know it doesn't have to be. That's how sensitive I can now tell. Yeah. Yeah. So just bringing awareness. And I think the one way to start letting that flood or priming or strengthening that self-awareness skill or that muscle is through writing. And it doesn't have to be a formal journal, but just starting to, I have notes on your phone or do something handwritten in a journal. Or sometimes when I have a lot of negative thoughts, I actually have an Excel spreadsheet And I start writing down those thoughts, like who are they about or who was I with? Where do they happen? What time of day? Do I I have any idea of what the trigger might be? So I can go back and look at what I wrote 
a week later, two weeks later, to start to see patterns and trends in a way that my conscious mind can't see. Sure. And then I can bring awareness and like, oh my gosh, this keeps coming up and it's at this time of day. Oh, because maybe I should be sleeping a little bit more or I'm not eating something right or it's just not my time of day. Or maybe it's a simple conversation I need to have with somebody. I'm like, boy, I had no idea. Like, I'm really annoyed about this. And I should have a conversation with that person about this. You know, it's obviously bothering me. And anytime you have these things on your mind, it's reducing your overall mental capacity. Your brain, I always tell people, just because you're awake for 16 hours a day doesn't mean every hour that you are awake is equal in terms of your available energy. And your brain is actively, that's why we have fear. Your brain is actively, constantly trying to conserve its energy. That's why it says no so many times. That's why it's trying to make you afraid of so many different things that are unfamiliar to you because it likes sure bets. It wants certainty because it wants to make the most efficient use of your energy. But back to how we, you know, the idea of, in our earlier conversation, we were talking about planning. Planning kind of does at least make the less familiar more familiar. And so these are just these different things that through that practice of self-awareness, and I can't stress this enough, this is not about judging yourself. This is just about bringing awareness, like even to just one small part of your life. I used to do experiments where I would take one thing out, like I would stop drinking, I wouldn't watch television, or sometimes I would add one thing and I would make sure that I met one new person every single day just to see the effect that that one variable would have on my life. Hmm. So let's take the example that you gave of realizing that drinking too much too often was not resulting in the kind of life that you wanted to live. Right. Do you remember what it was like and did you consciously make the decision to change that behavior in yourself? It was a very specific moment. I was 27 years old and I had lost, I'd been laid off, I guess that point about seven months and I was going through all of my finances and just looking at all of my spending. Because I always tell people like, look at your spending. Numbers don't lie. It says a lot about your behavior. And at that time at 27 living in New York, I was spending about $400 a month going out. I almost feel embarrassed even saying that now. And that is, and there's also history in my, in my family, there's alcoholism. I've, I've never felt like I was a true alcoholic, but I, if there's a wider spectrum, I definitely have tendencies that because of my mm-hmm. hyper awareness now, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And I decided to give up drinking for four months and I quit cold mm-hmm. turkey. And mm-hmm. that was, talk about a massive self-awareness exercise, like just yeah. how people dealt with me differently. I never realized the, the massive peer pressure you still experience as an adult. Mm-hmm. The money I saved, the, yeah. my quality of sleep was so much better. And um, yeah, uh, quite a learning experience. Yeah, well, good for you. I think that's one of the most fascinating aspects of being a human being is our ability to say, I am not the person I would like to be I can make this change and I decide to do so. And at the moment that decision happens, I think that you have become that new person. Um, and just to add to that, I think it doesn't happen all that often, but when it does, it's very powerful. I think it's because there's parts of us, there's our basic instincts and we react. Our brain will react. Mm -hmm. And I think what self-awareness does, it's, it's not necessarily 
stopping those reactions, but maybe gives a little bit of a, an extra pause, a quick little circuit breaker before it goes off. So you have an opportunity to intentionally respond, right? Yeah. There's so many other times in my life that I just reacted to things right? Right. and now, and I'm, I'm still not perfect. It's always a work in progress. Sure. Yeah. Nobody is. But now it's amazing how it's like, sometimes I can even catch myself on the moment and be like, Ooh, I just responded. I chose a different response than my instincts would have normally gone for. And it feels great. I feel like yeah. more in command of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. Yeah. So there you have it. In Stephen's life, he has learned the value of self-awareness, self-reflection, and in deliberately choosing which of his behaviors contribute to the life that he wants and which of his behaviors detract from that life. If you would like to reach out to Stephen or learn more about him, the best way to do that is almost certainly on his website, lifeskillsthatmatter.com. He, as I said, is a very generous and kind man. And if you have any questions for him or just want to say thank you, I am 100% certain that he would Really appreciate that and get back to you really soon. Stephen's conversation with me was relatively brief because we both had to move on to other meetings that we had scheduled. But next week, I am excited to share a much more in-depth conversation that I have with a friend of mine, Nancy Buffington, and a great many of the lessons that she has learned in her life. She's truly a, a wise woman, and I am really excited to put that conversation together and share it with you. Thanks for being here this week on Dead Man's Forest. As always, if you would like to share your own life lessons, you can reach out to me on my website, deadmansforest.org. There's a contact form down at the bottom. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.